From Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, you're listening to Behind the Message. Each week we have a conversation that takes you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. And I'm Evan Earwicker. And today we're talking about sex, dating, relationships, and singleness. And for this episode, we actually went live to Ben, your Tuesday night gathering for young adults and recorded a QA and a with some of the uh, students there. Yeah, our regular Tuesday night gathering. I hope you enjoy this podcast excerpt from The Big Bay Theory. My question for you, Ben, who's behind me, is so when you get into a relationship, right, and you have like really big goals and you have like this vision and this direction that you're moving in your life and you're like really excited about these big things and maybe your fiance or girlfriend or fiance, um, love you, uh, maybe she you know, doesn't have the same kind of vision there. She hasn't, she hasn't caught on to the same, she hasn't drank the same Kool-Aid you had <laughs> on just the direction that you really want to go. How, how would you say, you know, to her specifically, um, you know, about that? Like, how do you either get her on the same page or do you compromise your goals that you've been really striving towards? Do you, do you meet in the middle? Do you compromise? Do you keep charging after those? Do you wait for her to get on board? You kind of get what I'm saying? Thank you, Ryan. Do you want me to put her name specifically in there? Uh, Evan, go for it, man. Uh, I have a lot of experience with this because when we got married, uh, not Ben and I, but my wife and I, (laughs) when my wife, who is a woman, and I got married. Evan was just going too fast for me. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you had your chance, buddy. (laughs) I don't even remember what the question was. No, I do. Uh, <laughs> when we got married, uh, we're, I mean, we were very young. I was 21, uh, and she was actually 25, four years. Yeah, boys. <laughs> so, you know. Actually, we disagreed specifically on family issues a lot. She was very close to her family, which I wanted her to be very close to me and not to her family. And this created all this tension. Uh, so every time things like family get-togethers, holidays, there was always tension. And so I was always like, we're going to go hang out with my family these times. And she'd be like, okay, well, then we have to have an even amount of time that we go to my family. And I was like, no, we don't. You're mine now. I get to choose. Things like that. It was really, really offensive. Uh, <laughs> There's no such thing as gender roles. <laughs> the thing is, sometimes you feel like before the, the marriage that you're going to figure all that out. And then, you know, you get married and the things that cause tension are, are need to be completely d- figured out from day one. Um, normally, the advice would be figure out your stuff before you get married. However, there are issues, I think, that you can't foresee. And sometimes uh, the conversations you have will drive you to places where tension is stirred up that doesn't actually exist how you think it will once you get married. And so you got to decide what are those deal breakers, and not deal breakers, but things that have to be dealt with on day one. And we're going to do marriage counseling, so we'll get to those, you and I. Wow. You're going to be with your fiance, not me. Anyway. Um, Wait, we're going to do marriage counseling? <laughs> but I think uh, trying to find that line is really important to know, like, these are issues that we're going to work out together 
as we grow in a lifetime together. And some of these things, you know, we can freak out about, uh, you know, 10 years into the marriage, how are we going to be able to deal with uh, when our second kid comes? Well, bro, you haven't even got married yet. Maybe just set that on the shelf for now and make yeah. sure that you're honoring God with your bodies right now, uh, that you're not going into crazy debt for the wedding itself, things like that that are really important now and kind of shelve some of those issues that might be off on the horizon. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I got a question for you, Heather, to jump right to it. What would you say... Um, what would you say to the single folks out here? What's, what's, if you could say one thing to the single folks to encourage them, I'm stalling for you right now, uh, to encourage them or to, to help them with where they're at right now, what, what would you say? Um, I don't know that I could say one thing. I think the biggest thing that I've learned is patience and that God knows what he's doing. And he's shown me that gosh, time and time again, that if you're patient, like I will bless you in ways that you never would have known. And I've gotten in my singleness, gotten to do a lot, gotten to travel a lot, gotten to work with some nonprofits, and it's been incredible. Never would have gotten to do that had I been married and have kids, which is what I thought I wanted, you know, at 22, getting out of college, you know, go to nursing school, get married, have a family. That was like what I was going to do. Obviously, God had different plans. But I think another big thing that I was just thinking about today is just was kind of praying and I was like, God, show me why I'm single. And so just asking for um, God's purpose for your life in your singleness, because there is a purpose for it. You're not just single because he forgot about you. You're not just single because you haven't found the right person and all your friends getting married and having kids. You're single because there's a purpose for that. Um, And so asking God what that purpose is, like God in this singleness, like use me and show me and call me and equip me to do the things that you've called me to do in this time. So, yeah. Oh, that's good. Have you, have you found like, have you found a space? Because a lot of times we, we like to go to one end of the spectrum or another. You know, we see the Facebook posts of all our friends getting married or, or having babies. And we either, you know, move into just the super bitterness kind of side of the spectrum of, you know, F all of you. I don't care. Like, I'm deleting Facebook, you know, and this is, this is how so I'm going to treat this situation. Or, you know, sometimes you can just fall into the, man, I just want it so bad, and why not me, and all that stuff. What do you do? What do you do with the, the pressure that a lot of, you know, not just social media, but just kind of, it feels like the world has the tendency to put on single people. What do you do with the pressure? Um, I've had all of those emotions, and Facebook is a killer. It kills you from the inside. Anyway, it's not so always Facebook. <laughs> No, don't delete your face. I didn't mean to tap into it. No, so real. but yeah, the same thing. I mean, all of my friends, I they're all married. They're all having kids. They, yeah, are doing what I thought that I was supposed to be doing with my life. And there's a lot of, like, feeling like you've been forgotten and, like, God's forgotten you and what's wrong with me and why am I still single um, and those feelings of I want to have kids and now, you know, this other person posted that they're pregnant and it hurts and it's not been easy and I will be the first to say that I've not always done it gracefully and I've been upset at God and that verse that says, you know, rejoice with those who rejoice. Like, I don't want you right now and I'm not going to and I'm going to cry in my sorrows, you know. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, Um, and I was in a place, I was living in Medford, all my friends are married, just felt so out of place. Like I'd kind of missed the boat on this is the normal pattern of how your life should go. And, um, it was in that season that God called me to go. I lived in Africa for a year and a half and worked as a nurse over there. And it was the most incredible thing that I've ever done with my life. And I would never, 
um, choose being married and having kids over that. Like I would never exchange that, um, as much as I would love that any day to happen. I would never, um, like have chosen to be married and to not have gone to do that. So yeah, I think in those moments of just feeling so out of place and like, it's why isn't it happening for me? Just continue like God use me, show me what, what can I do in the meantime? And just seek that, you know, if you sit around and wallow in your sorrows and I'm never going to get married and I'm 30 and I want to have kids and it's never going to happen. But I don't know if you're purposeful. And if you ask God, like, God, this is so hard. This hurts so much. And I want this so badly. You better, and you know, God's faithful. And so multiple times I've said like, God, you better show up because this sucks. And I hate this and I don't want to be single anymore. And time and time and again, he's, he's done that in my life. Man, so good. So good. Who had the next question? Somebody, there was somebody back there. There was Curtis too, whoever. Homeboy back here. Yeah. Okay. Here, I'll bring the microphone to you. Maybe a step-by-step of getting through that. It's good. Great question. Step-by-step. Uh, ben Fleming's 10-step program. You made a joke, but I do think there is um, some real truth to not underestimating the power of uh, pornography and the addiction that can come with it. Uh, If you treat it like, oh, everybody, everybody looks at it, you know, everybody does it. Um, You can underestimate the hook that it may have uh, in your life. And so viewing it really as what it is, which is an addiction and something that is compulsive, uh, if that is the case in your life, I think is an important first step. Yeah. Throw your computer out the window. Uh, that's what I did. Uh, not kidding at all. Actually, I threw my computer out the window uh, and I lived uh, on the second story. I actually slept in a closet, which is a real story too. Don't get back to the Evan thing. Um, <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had a roommate that would come in on ministry days and would uh, would open up the door and say, hey, come out of the closet and go to church. Um, he found that super funny. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but um, uh, no, I, I, I seriously, that was, the, that was a huge deal for me was I uh, was throwing my computer out the window. I had I had a problem. I was isolating myself, whatever. And like Evan was talking about, you know, there's a there's a compulsive aspect to it. Um, and honestly, it got to the point where it mattered so much to me to get past that. And I started thinking about some of the stuff that we talked about tonight. Am I serious about loving this person that I hope to someday spend the rest of my life with? And we all think today, well, gosh, I gotta have, I gotta have a phone, or I gotta have a, a computer. Or I got smartphones weren't as big of a thing just yet. Praise God. Um, but I said, you know what? This this future relationship to me is more important than my computer. And I didn't want an excuse. I didn't want. Well, maybe I'll put it here, or maybe I'll put it out here, or maybe I whatever. I wanted to break it, and I broke it. And honestly, from that day forward, I wasn't perfect, but man, my life completely changed. So make serious decisions to actually overcome the thing. Don't just kind of, you know, look around it and walk around it and think about it and whatever. Make decisions. Get a flip phone. Like, honestly, seriously, this is so much more important uh, than having the technology at your disposal. You can go to a library. You can do whatever. Make those decisions. And then, of course, a lot of the other, the other steps after that was to tell somebody and to be held accountable. 
uh, tell somebody this was going on. I hadn't told anybody uh, until my roommate asked me why I threw my computer out the window from our room. And, uh, and that was, that was that I kind of put both of those birds in one stone there. Um, but yeah, make serious decisions. And if that means getting rid of technology, then that means getting rid of technology. You can sell yours if you want uh, or throw it out the window. Um, but yeah, make serious decisions to make that happen, be held accountable, uh, and then do as best you can to kind of lean into the scripture and what God says about it. Uh, back in uh, my uh, right out of high school, my best friend and I were accountability partners with this software that if you looked at any website that was questionable, it would just send that URL uh, to your accountability partner. And uh, and so we were signed up for this and, and so really didn't really get any emails like he was looking at sketchy stuff until this one day and all these URLs came through. I'm like, oh man, what is he looking at? So I open up the email to see the links that he's been looking at and uh, for some reason, Oprah.com got tagged by the software what? and he, he spent over an hour on Oprah.com. I have so no, good. I was like, bro, we need to talk. <laughs> Not cause it's porn, but why are you so into Oprah? Yeah, bro? This is so real right now. Do you oh. care about your future relationships? Yeah. Hanging out with Oprah. Good gracious. Uh, uh, anybody else want to go for a question? Yeah. Jonathan in the front. Sure. I'm going to let you come to me. Yeah. And then we'll get you in the back as you well. You guys, I worked out for the first time like yesterday in five months and I'm in so much pain. Okay, so how, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. How do you avoid physical attraction from blinding you from seeing relationship tough spots? That's good. Wow. That's a good one. First of all, I hope you think the person you marry is super hot. Okay. Can that be okay for Christians to say yeah. that? Yeah, find a mega babe, guys. Yeah, please, yeah. you guys. I'm serious. Like people think I'm joking. I'm like, yeah, my my wife was a soccer player, and I thought she had the most amazing legs in those soccer shorts. People are like, <laughs> I'm like, this is so real to me right now. <laughs> Heather, you've dated guys, yeah. I have dated some guys very briefly. <laughs> so what was the process for you of discovering their real personality and who they actually were as opposed to just the person on the outside? Yeah, I mean, like Ben said, you have to be physically attracted to them a little bit. It's just how it goes, I a think. A lot better. <laughs> she's lowered her standards because yeah. she's still single. Just kidding. Oh. Oh. I'm joking. I have not, I have not lowered my standards. No, That's honestly, why I'm still single. most of the time we're hanging out. I'm like, Heather, you need to lower those standards. I want to see you married, girl. When I have the party, and she's like, shut up. Anyway, what was the question? I won't interrupt again. <laughs> you get past just the outside and the physical looks to see what's the process like to see. Yeah, I mean, what like. I think you know, like Ben was saying, you change as you get older, and you might be super attracted when you're really young. But there's so much more about a person than how they look on the outside. Obviously, you probably know that. Um, yeah. So, so trying to figure out what is important to you in a wife, and is that the Proverbs 31 woman, or is it that they look a certain way? Um, I don't know. That's yeah. That's good. That's well, if you if you if we all looked like we do when we're 90 years old when we were dating. Yeah. Like everyone would be like, I'm good. I'm just good. You know what? Singleness is great. Because, yeah. So there's this really natural thing scene, where man. you're young and you're all beautiful. And, you know, I mean, I'm not saying like after 25, it's all over at all. I'm not saying that. But I'm well, saying like, well. like you're attractive. And so 
like that's a good thing. And yeah. it's not a bad thing to be attracted to somebody. And so don't hear that at all. But beyond that, you have to also have to realize like beauty is fleeting. <laughs> yeah, like if that sure. and if that's what you're banking on as a person or that's what you're banking on in the person you're attracted to, just remember they're going to get old and ugly and the thing that's going to keep you in love is whatever else is left yeah. besides that. And that's so good. that is so important. And the nice thing is once you're in a, like even dating for a couple months, usually that initial like euphoria about their looks wears off anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I once heard a pastor say like, um, why does everybody think sex is so special? Anybody can do it. Uh, I said, junior hires are having sex all the time and it's not, you know, it, sex as God is kind of an interesting thing because honestly, like everybody can learn sex. Uh, there's even the excuse out there. Well, you know, you got to watch porn or you got to have premarital sex so you get better at it. Um, because yeah, you with the rest of your life with that person, you're not going to get any better. Uh, it makes perfect sense or whatever getting better at sex means. Um, but like, Honestly, holding that in, in the, the looks part of it in such high esteem is, is just interesting because really what you need uh, after that initial attraction is you just need time to answer your question really directly, Jonathan, is time. You need some time. And I'm not a proponent of dating forever. And dear God, I am not a, uh, a proponent of being engaged for a long time. Do not be engaged for a long time. It is hell. Or purgatory. Ryan. Or both. What? Sorry. Yeah. I, I, it's a mistake. You ask him now. He knows. Being engaged for a long time is a mistake. But I am a big proponent of making sure that you spent enough time around that person where you kind of get past that first layer. A lot of people are wonderful and great and nice and good looking on that first layer. And you got to delve deeper. Um, that's why, man, if you can be friends with somebody for a while, that's so clutch to actually get to know their character, have an understanding of who they are. And a lot of times that just takes time. Okay, we we'll do one more. One more. Yeah. One more. In the back, I think we had a question. We did. Oh, I'll come to you. That's what you get for having the wireless mic. <laughs> Go for it. Sorry. He's like, I'm about to do it. Okay. My name's Jacob. Um, this kind of goes back to where uh, you're talking about. Uh, You'd be real, ugh, you'd be willing to kill or not kill, but to die. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Well, there. Well, life, right? <laughs> you'd be willing to die for him, but from my heart, it's kind of like, uh, you know, as Christians, you know, I always kind of thought as like in church or at school, you know, like a shooting or something. If someone asked me, I would say yes, but until that moment, I wouldn't know. I was kind of wondering if there was like some kind of test you could, you know? Yeah, just come on back behind this wall. We'll test it out right now. So. <laughs> Evans tested me in this a few times since I've been on staff. So, I think there, I think there's two, Jacob. I think there's two things to think about. One is is the uh, sense of like if someone was holding the gun, I would jump in front of it for you. I think uh, for a lot of us, even friends, you do that for, right? Um, I hope. I mean. Who knows? Maybe not. But uh, then there's another another kind of thing, and I think this is more appropriate to think about when you're thinking about like I sh I want to marry this person. Is if they were dying, would I trade places with them? Yeah. Would would I would I choose their life over mine? Uh, not in a way of like I'm protecting them, but like would I wish whatever they're going through on me? Is it that depth of commitment 
and love. I think that's a, that's a difference because one is like, I'm going to be, you know, your protector. And the other is like, I care for you so much. I care for you more than I care for my own life. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that, that's a good indicator kind of going back to what you're talking about of, is this relationship for real? You know, like, am I really actually in love with this person? And I I remember when I I knew that I was going to marry Rebecca, that there was this real moment in spending time with her where we, it was beyond the emotional kind of stuff. And it was beyond, I don't know. It was just this crazy moment that I think that I had with God where I knew that I loved her because I knew that I loved her. It wasn't because of how she looked or how she even talked to me or treated me and all that stuff is, is super important. But man, there was, there was that element of, man, I know that I would trade places with her if I had to, I know that I would give my life for her. And, and then there's, you know, the other aspects of marriage of, of dying to yourself, you know, you gotta, you gotta die to a lot to, to bring the lives of two people together. And really it makes you stronger. It's just so often in the, especially in the early stages, you feel like you're getting weaker, um, which you might be for a certain season, but yeah, I mean, you have kids, you're dying to a lack of sleep, you know, that's just part of the gig. And I love my kids more than anything. and would do anything for them. And that's a part of your life that you're sacrificing. I have to, to sacrifice a lot of the things that I thought I already knew to my wife because, well, she actually knew better than I do. And I had to learn that. And you got to die to all those things. Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. Um, but yeah, there's some them, some big elements of that. Uh, but absolutely being willing to trade places with them, I think, is a good way to look at it. Evan, one thing that you could tell to single people before we go. The one thing, the great advice that I have is this. The sage I'm thinking of it right Evan now. Earwicker. Um, <laughs> I, was, I would say this. Uh, don't set your expectations too high. Uh, so where no one can ever meet this fantasy person that you've set up as that's who I got Mm. on the flip side of that, uh, don't settle for second best, uh, and don't, uh, lower your standards because you think you don't deserve someone. Uh, God has the best person for you. Um, and whenever I marry couples, it's always the happiest thing when I can tell, like they are the best for each other. Yeah, uh, maybe not the, they're not the hottest people I've ever seen or, you know, but it's like for each other, they are both fours. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm not talking about attract. I'm not talking about attractiveness at all. Are we talking about equally yoked right now? Man, is that what my, that means? My best advice is just going downhill. But. So, so don't, don't set up a fantasy thing that no one can meet and don't settle for less than who God has for you. That's my advice. All right, let's pray. Thank you guys so much for coming. Uh, Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you made relationships, Lord, and that relationships done well can honor you in such a way. Lord, I pray that we would be, we would do relationships in such a way that we'd be so happy that we would find the joy that you have always called us to, to, to find, Lord. So we love you. We lean into you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Behind the Message podcast. For more, go to westsidechurch.org.